This is Spin Control, Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Episode 7 of Spin Control. This, of course, is Shiloh, your host for this little adventure, and I'm happy to be recording today, Thursday, May 20th. You're probably not going to see this podcast until Saturday, but that's the way we roll around here. Uh, Let's get things started in Spin Control with a little update on what's been going on in my life. You know, just the basics. I realize that I've talked about a couple of things since we started the podcast, but I've never actually given you any updates on the status of those items. To start with, the grass. Long ago, I talked about how we were watching the grass grow, and boy has it grown. I never thought I'd be thankful for rain, but because of all the rain that we've had here in Illinois, our lawn has just shot up. I swear we've had over a foot of growth and my husband's only mowed it once because he doesn't want to over mow, but it's really starting to look ragged now. But it is full and green and I think there's only like one little bare spot. So our lawn came in really, really nicely. The broken toe. Well, I was out of all my dirty business and well, I was only out of commission for about three weeks It seemed to heal up pretty well. I was wearing flip-flops every weekend that I was feeling pain with my broken toe. And by Sunday, my toe would feel totally awesome. I'd be like, oh yeah, this is going to be great. I'm feeling back to normal. Maybe I can go to the gym tomorrow. But not so much. Like Monday morning, I'd put my sock on to get ready for work. And it would just kill me. It would throb. By the end of the day, I could hardly walk. That lasted about two weeks. And then that third week, it really started feeling better. I'm back to running. And all healed up. And super duper thankful that that ordeal is over. And in the most latest news, of course, we had the swap. Still, no swap package has arrived. It's only, you know, like 17 days late. No biggie, I guess. Except, you know, the fun was supposed to be checking the mail for the two weeks leading up to May 3rd and getting this great little surprise package. But my swappy, swapper, the person responsible for sending me my package, sent me an email today letting me know she put it in the mail yesterday and I should have it by the time you hear the podcast. So hopefully next episode, I will have a really good update and be able to tell you about all the fantastic things that were included in my package. Also, I want to take a minute to apologize for my voice quality. I'm a little raspier than normal. I think I have been for the last couple shows because the weather here has been so temperamental. We drop down into the 50s. We'll stay there for a couple days and then the weather will swing again and it's up to 85. Everything's blooming. There's a bunch of junk in the air and the temperatures are fluctuating just up and down and it's really congested me and taken a toll on my voice. So I apologize for that in advance. Well, that's all I have in my little update, so I guess it's time to get things started. This week in Spin a Tale is a little ditty I like to call For the Love of Carlin. It's a story that I love to tell about how I got my spinning wheel and the awesome customer service that resulted in my dealings with the Louette Company. To start with, I had babysat... Jackie from Kipping It Real's spinning wheel, Stella, 
for about two weeks when she went on an international trip and I tried my hand at spinning on a wheel. I had tried the spindle and failed miserably, but that is a story for another day. But I got a quick and dirty lesson from Jackie, had a little bit of fiber, and spent two weeks learning how to spin on the wheel, and I caught the bug. That was in August of last year, I guess. I debated back and forth on whether or not to get my own spinning wheel or if I should try a couple more before I made that kind of commitment. So I started doing research into the many different brands that there are, you know, and tried to figure out what qualities I wanted, what price point I want, had in mind for a spinning wheel, etc., etc. You know how it goes. If you've bought any major pieces of equipment and are frugal or a cheap ass like I am. So I built myself a list of about six spinning wheels and I had prepared them in a beautiful little spreadsheet presentation for my spouse so that he would know the list of spinning wheels that I would find acceptable in the event he decided to buy me one for Christmas or my birthday. Too funny, huh? He hates it when I do that stuff too, by the way, because it like takes all the fun out of it for him. It's not very creative if I just give him a list. So anyway, I presented that to my husband and left it at that. I wasn't going to push him or pressure him or anything like that. So I'm sitting at knit night one night and Jackie is sitting across from me and she gets a text message and she looks up at me and says, do you want to buy a spinning wheel? And I said, uh, what kind is it? And how much is it? And she said, it's Louette Julia and it's 350 bucks. And of course that was not one of the spinning wheels on my list. So I had absolutely no idea. I didn't know anything about it. So I looked it up online really quick and I'm like, oh my God, it's only 350 bucks. What does it have with it? And she told me all the details. It had a lazy cake and a carrying bag and the whole nine yards. So I said, well, let's see if my husband wants to buy me that spinning wheel. So I called him really quick, gave his contact information to Jackie and left it at that. Two days later, my husband tells me, oh, I got a hold of that lady and someone else had already bought the wheel. And that was it. It was all said and done. So that was out of my mind. So he had the list of spinning wheels that I wanted and Alouette Julia was nowhere on the list at all. It was definitely not something I'd wanted to pick. But Christmas morning rolls around and there's a big box. Actually, it's not a very big box at all. It was maybe two feet by three feet, a flat little box, maybe six inches high. And it's very, very light. And I pull up all the paper and it says Louette all over it. And it's got a mailing address on it. He just basically took the box that the item arrived in and wrapped it. So he was very sneaky. I had absolutely no idea that he had actually snatched up this wheel. When I opened the box, it wasn't a Julia at all. It was a Victoria, the folding version. Beautiful little wheel. Absolutely adored it. Had no idea that he snatched it up. He essentially got me, if you include all the extras like the Lazy Kate the and the extra bobbins, he got me about a $950 spinning wheel and accessories for $350 and $50 shipping by buying it through a friend of a friend of a friend. Crazy. I couldn't believe it. It was the deal of the day. I named her Carlin. She's the sweetest little wheel. I love her. She's done everything I've ever asked her to do. And well, because she was secondhand, I pulled her out of the box. I had to tighten up a few screws. I made sure the drive band was cool. I made sure, you know, the tension band was awesome and that everything worked properly. It was a little wobbly. No big deal. So I'm looking through all of the material that comes with the wheel. And I open up this envelope and there's a deal in there. 
from the Lewet company that says, if you purchase this wheel between these dates and you send us this form before December 31st, we will send you $200 of free Lewet fiber. I'm like, huh, it's obvious that the person that owned this wheel before never filled out this paperwork. But unfortunately, I didn't have the receipt. So what I did was I wrote a pretty little letter. And of course, Luet had to receive the letter or receive the form and the receipt by December 31st in order to honor it. I wrote them a letter on December 26th that said, Dear Luet, my husband bought this wheel through a friend of a friend. I believe that it was purchased at this store. Either way, I don't have access to the receipt. If you feel it's prudent to honor this offer, fantastic. But if you don't, I understand. Thank you very much and happy holidays. And three weeks later, $200 worth of free fiber arrives at my door. I couldn't believe it. It was just one of those fluke things like, well, maybe they will, maybe they won't, but if I don't fill out the form, I'll never know. I was totally honest in the letter, and they honored it. It was like Merry Christmas to me. So in the end, my husband actually ended up getting me about $1,150 worth of stuff from Louette for $350 plus $50 shipping and handling. Awesome. What a fantastic deal. I love my spinning wheel, and the Louette company has been nothing but good to me ever since I've had a couple questions, because even though the wheel was purchased in 2009, I think it was purchased in 2009 based on the offer, it is like the older original model that they came out with. You can tell by the orifice and a couple of the other things on there. They've since re-engineered it, and it looks a little bit different, but they've been so fantastic with this older wheel. It's not very old. It's only a few years old. But with this older style wheel that they no longer make, they've been totally fantastic in the way they've treated me in getting my secondhand wheel up to speed, and I don't even have a receipt for it. Louette has been a fantastic company, and I hope one day when I'm out cruising around at these fiber fests, I get to go meet the Louette people and thank them for how fantastic they've been to me. And that's all I've got for Spin a Tail. This week in spinning my wheels, I haven't really found that uh, that sewing mojo I was talking about last week. It's still buried someplace in my nasty, filthy-ass um, craft area. Wow, my mouth is really atrocious today. Sorry about that. Um, I haven't really gotten a handle on getting my craft area cleaned up. It seems that, you know, life seems to be getting in the way. I think we can all relate to that, but I really need to get that taken care of in the next day or so because I have a handful of items that I need to sew. One, my daughter, my youngest, is getting ready to bridge to the next level of Girl Scouts, and I, the slacker mom, need to make sure that I have all of her patches sewn onto her old vest for the ceremony before she trades it in for a new vest. So I really need to get that done probably Friday night, and hopefully, by the time you hear this, I will have actually accomplished that and life will be good. In addition, I wanted to make her and her sister um, little Girl Scout tote bags. I was at my local fabric shop the other day and happened to find some really, really cute Girl Scout patterned fabric. We're a pretty Girl Scouty family. I probably won't spend a whole lot of time talking about that, but it's a big deal and a big event and something we're probably going to spend the whole weekend celebrating. So that's pretty cool. In spinning. I have not done much in terms of spinning in the last week. Really, the only thing I've managed to do is pick my next spinning project. More Superwash Merino. Except this time, it is from a dyer, an Etsy dyer, 
called Dying for Color. It's superwash pencil roving, and the colors, it's called a selection of silvers. It's got a big wad of one color of silver, and then a bunch of little wads of a mixed varying shades of silver. It's it's pretty it's really really pretty and it's very very shiny. You know how I am, I really get sucked into the shiny. And aside from that, being the cheapskate that I am, again, it was only six bucks. Six dollars for four ounces, plus three dollars for shipping. Nine dollars for four ounces of beautiful, well prepared superwash merino pencil roving. It's gorgeous. And I love it, and I can't wait to see how it spins up. It took a while to get here when I ordered it, and that was months ago, but that's because the dyer is from Canada. Hello, brothers to the north. Oh, brothers and sisters to the north, I guess. But it was well worth the wait, and I can't wait to see how that turns out. Next, in knitting, I finished a pair of socks. A pair of club socks, to be precise. I am a member of the Rocking Sock Club from Blue Moon Fiber Arts. This is my second year and probably my last. I have knitter's guilt. When the sock club stuff comes in, I feel like I have to cast it on and work on it because I paid money for it. And I don't know, I just feel really horrible. But it's probably going to be my last year because I have a gigant, that gigantic tub of sock yarn lingering. And because of the club socks, I haven't really been able to find time to work on that. But anyway, I finished my Cascadia. That's the pattern I selected. This year, the Sock Club decided to include two patterns for every skein of sock yarn they included, so you get a choice of pattern. The pattern I chose is Cascadia. It's really, really beautiful and pink, and I actually managed to update my project page, which is a miracle. I think it's a podcaster's guilt on that respect, because if I'm going to talk about it, it would be nice if I actually had some pictures to correspond. So I made sure I got that updated and I'll link to it in the show notes. In addition, I resurrected the cobblestone. I carried it to knit night, even though I didn't take it out of the bag and knit a single stitch on it. Um, (laughs) poor cobblestone. I didn't knit a single stitch on it at knit night, but I have it like out. It's not tucked away on a shelf anymore. I pulled it out. It's like in the queue. It's ready to be worked on. And probably over the weekend, I'll make a little headway on that. And really, aside from all the socks, I haven't been doing much besides plotting the rest of my summer knitting. I kind of think it's a little bit important that I talk about socks right now. I knit my first pair of socks, I think, two years ago. And I totally loved it. I really, really liked knitting socks. I thought, like turning the heel was magical. And the fact that I could actually create this garment that fit my foot perfectly, I thought that was just brilliant. And of course, I started buying up all the sock yarn and, and you know, that was that. Now, I'm pretty sure that most of us have experienced the friends, neighbors, and loved ones asking us to make things for them. Now, I am more likely to make a friend or a loved one or a charity organization, anything but socks. They're magical. They fit your feet perfectly because they're tailor-made for your foot. There are four people in the world that I make socks for, and I either have to have chosen you to spend the rest of my life with you or given birth to you to knit you socks. My mother, I love her dearly, but she doesn't rate socks because I don't want to have that intimate of a relationship with her feet. So my children, my husband, and myself are the only people that I will knit socks for. 
I'm of course most likely to knit socks for myself because I'm somewhat of a selfish knitter and I kind of use that whole guilt thing. It comes out again like every four pairs of socks for me, I'll knit a pair for each of them and then I'll get back to me, which is probably why I'm always so rushed on the club socks for myself. But that's how I feel about socks. Very, very, very limited number of people in my life are getting socks from me. Only one other person in like my history has ever gotten a pair of socks from me that isn't like related to me. And that's because it was a pair of club socks from last year. I finished them. I put them on and decided, wow, I really don't like these. I will never wear them. Hey, Jamie, since you're sitting this close to me, would you like to try these on and see if you like them? That was it. So it was like, that was like two weeks before Christmas last year. So she accidentally ended up with a pair of socks that I knit for myself and didn't like. And really, I guess as it goes, you can see that this week in spinning my wheels, I really have been spinning my wheels. I'm just spinning and spinning my wheels and I'm not making any progress on much of anything. And now we turn to all spun up. And this week, I'm all spun up about a bunch of little things that have to do with my great hubby. First and foremost, my husband finished his associate's degree, which is the first stepping stone to a two-year nursing degree program that he got accepted to. So we're really proud of him for that. Pretty awesome. He needs to get his career going so that when he finishes following me around the world, he can support my yarn habit. In addition, my husband's rugby team is on their way as we speak to a regional championship. Go Royals Rugby! Woot woot! Anyway, they um, won their district championship, or I think they placed second in districts, and now they're headed off to Austin, Texas to a 16-team tournament, which will determine whether or not they go to national championships. So that's pretty cool. But I think the thing that has me most spun up about my husband this week is that he's gone all weekend long. I know, that sounds awful, but I'm really excited because with him leaving town for the whole weekend, that means I'm going to get so much done. He's not going to be dragging me around. He's not going to be capturing all my time. I'll have like all this quiet time once the kids go to bed to work on just me stuff, like cleaning the craft room like I've been meaning to do and getting some more sewing done. So that's really the high point of my week is the fact that I'll be husbandless for the entire weekend and I can get a few things accomplished. I will, of course, be ecstatic to have him back come Monday because I will miss him, but I will get a lot accomplished while he is out of town. And that's what has me all spun up. All right, so this week I'm going to put a little introductory spin on a book. This past week, I posted a question on the Ravelry board asking folks what their preferred methods are for spinning sock weight yarn because I just cannot seem to get it at a consistent manner. I made one successful skein of sock yarn. It's still a little thick thin and not as beautiful as I'd like it to be. Definitely not as consistent. So I wanted to see if any of our fantastic listeners had any pointers. Listener PeaceCat30 recommend that I read Judy McKenzie McEwen's the Intentional Spinner Book, and I actually started reading it. On a side note, I'm really, really horrible about reading the books that are in my library. I have like a hundred knitting books, and I haven't like read a single one of them. Like, you know, most knitting books have at least a chapter to 
at the beginning that talk about the history of their technique, what brought them to it, some method stuff. Typically, I go straight to the patterns and I'll flip through those other sections as I feel necessary to accomplish the patterns. But then again, I haven't really knit from my knitting books. That's one of the things on my 101 list. Anyway, back to the intentional spinner. I wouldn't say that this book is perfect for someone who has like zero spinning experience. I think if you can sit down behind a wheel or with a spindle and get yarn, you know, on a relatively regular basis, but don't have any formal training, this is a really good book to explain a lot of stuff that you wouldn't just come by naturally for sure. I know that there's like a difference between worsted and woolen spinning, but never really knew the details and the whys and the specific kinds of garments or products that you would hope to knit or weave from the yarn that you get as a product. That's all explained in the intentional spinner. So I'm flipping through right now looking for the index page because I was not prepared and I totally cannot find it. How bogus is that? Come on. I know it's here. I looked at it like four times. There it is. Found it. Okay. So it starts out with the whole first part of the book. The first full four chapters are on different types of natural fibers. It goes through cellulose, protein, manufactured, and talks about the science of fibers. Then the second part of the book is all about techniques drafting methods, plying, cabling, etc., making novelty yarns, designing your own yarns, and it has four intermediate knitting projects at the very end in chapter eight. I've only made it through basic spinning techniques and drafting methods, and just the drafting methods section was really, really helpful for me to understand like, hey, I would like to make sock yarn. This is what I need to do to accomplish that. This is why I would want to spin sock yarn worsted. This is why I wouldn't want to spin it woolen. And it's really quite educational and I can't wait to get through the rest of the book. So thank you very much to Peace Cat 30 for your recommendation. And I'm going to keep reading. And when I get to the end of the book, I will share my overall thoughts with you. Wow. I can't believe I've made it this far already. It seems like the time just flew by and hopefully when I go back and listen to this, it's not a bunch of gibberish. Hopefully that was all understandable, but it's time for us to spin off. This week, I wanted to just take a minute again to thank everybody who's been contributing to the Ravelry board. That's been fantastic. I've really enjoyed it. I'm bogus. Well, maybe I just need um, positive reinforcement for my good behavior so that I know people are listening. It's made me feel really good to hear good things and to know people are out there, and I'm not just talking to my closet every week. And I think you're going to be really proud of me. I actually managed to pick the song before I sit down to edit. I cheated a little bit and made it easy on myself. This week, at the end of the episode, as soon as I'm done chatting, I'm going to play Spinning Wheel by Claire Dowling, which of course will be the full version of the music that I've used for the theme each week. So you'll get to hear that song in its entirety. Look at me pimping this song before I'm even done. I'm proud. I'm not sure if you noticed, but I've kind of done a theme. Each one of my songs has had something to do with the word spin. One of them I think was called She Spins. Uh, one of the bands was called The Spindles. Of course, the theme music is called Spinning Wheel, Spin Me Round. And I figured that was the easiest way. I kind of lean toward 
indie alternative music, if you hadn't noticed that already. There was a little rednecky sounded one in there, but that's okay because it was kind of funny. And that's all I've got. Thanks again for listening. As always, you can pop on over to the Spin Control Podcast show notes page at spincontrolpodcast.com. Email me at a joyfulgirlknits at gmail.com. Catch me on Ravelry as a joyful girl and follow me on Twitter as a joyful girl made. Talk to you soon. Thanks again. why I wouldn't want to spend it, spin it. Oh my God, I cannot talk today.